You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Senior Minister Tim Johnson. Today's reading is coming from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So on the 11th of November, 1867, just over 154 years ago, the foundation stone, the first stone for St. John's Church was laid. Uh, It's the date that we use for celebrating our birthday here at St. John's, uh, bringing us to this Thanksgiving day that we have today. It's a significant, it was a significant day when they laid that foundation stone. There were big celebrations, but can you imagine that after laying the foundation stone and having the big party, everyone went home and went, great job, everyone, job done, foundation stone is laid, looks great, nothing else to do. It's ridiculous, right? I mean, the whole point of a foundation stone is it's the first stone and then you need to build the rest of the foundations, put up the walls and the roof and fit out the building so that people can start meeting in the church. Even then, you know, the job wasn't done forever. There's been, over the years, extensions and renovations, uh, and even now the toilets and the creche are being renovated so that the building can be used and kept up to date for good ministry and mission. Now, a foundation stone is not the end of the project. It's just the very start. Now, that's just talking about the building. Uh, The church, of course, is not the building, it is the people. It's you and me. It's a community of Jesus followers who meet together in his name to encourage each other as we follow Jesus together and also reach out with the good news of Jesus to other people. And if a building needs regular maintenance and renovation, how much more the church, the community of people. Um, Over the last 154 years, think of all of the ways that the approach to ministry and mission have had to change. It's had to be reimagined, reinvented, and renewed. Uh, If the sort of models for ministry they had back in 1867 were kind of, lock them in, this is how we're doing things, we're never changing it, this is the way forever, then there probably wouldn't be a church at all here in Diamond Creek would be so out of touch with Diamond Creek in 2021 that the church probably wouldn't exist. You know, it wasn't job done, this is the way we always do things, but things have to be constantly updated and changed. Yeah, it's the same good news about Jesus that they had 154 years ago, same good news about Jesus from 2000 years ago when the church began as the first followers of Jesus started to spread that good news. But the ways that we share that good news, the way that we have our community life together and and do things together has to be constantly updated and changed. You've got to strengthen the church. 
You've got to reform and recreate the ways that we do things. And if you zoom in on each of us as individuals as well, as individual followers of Jesus, the same is true. You don't just make a one-off decision to follow Jesus and that's the end of things. No, you have to continue on, keep on living for Jesus and keep following him through the varying circumstances that we find ourselves in in life. Uh, and that really is the key point that's being made in our Bible passage today uh, from Colossians chapter 2 that Kaz just read to us. Uh, listen again to verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, then at some point in the past, you received Jesus as your Lord. You said to Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want you to be the boss. Uh, you heard the good news about Jesus. You heard about Jesus' perfect life full of love for the people around him, uh, about Jesus' death on the cross where he dealt with our sin, the, the stuff that is out of step with the way that God wants us to live and which wrecks our relationship with God and, and our relationships with other people. You heard about Jesus rising from the dead, that death couldn't hold Jesus down, but he defeated death and defeated sin and rose again, uh, giving us hope that we have life that goes on forever with God. Uh, you heard that news and you made a decision about it. You made a decision to follow Jesus, to put him in charge of your life. To say to Jesus, I want to do things your way from now on and I'm going to follow in your footsteps. Now, you might really distinctly remember the moment that you did that. It's kind of etched on your brain. This date at this time was when I received Jesus and started following him. Uh, but you might also not be able to pinpoint a time. It might have happened gradually or maybe you've kind of grown up knowing about Jesus and having Jesus in charge of your life from the time you were a child. Uh, whatever the case, it doesn't really matter. The, the point is that it's not just about that initial moment when you start, but it's an ongoing thing, continuing to follow Jesus. Uh, receiving Jesus is not the end of the story. You know, job done, nothing else to do. No, it's only the start of a lifelong and ongoing journey with Jesus. So Paul urges us in this passage, continue, continue to live your lives in him. Literally, the instruction there is walk in him, right? Keep on going. Put one step in front of the other, walking, following Jesus, walking in his footsteps. Now, sometimes that's easy to do, isn't it? Um, life is abundant. Life's going really well. And following Jesus is just a joy. It's so natural and so straightforward. But there's other times as well where following Jesus is a hard slog. Life throws a bunch of unexpected challenges our way. We're feeling tired, depressed, overwhelmed, fearful, anxious, despondent. We might feel like God is, is absent and isn't answering our prayers as we pray them. 
Uh, maybe we feel like the whole world around us is collapsing and all of the certainties that we had locked in have suddenly disappeared. Now, many of us have experienced that sort of uh, feeling over the last year or so. Uh, the draining effects of an ongoing pandemic have worn us down and, and many parts of our lives have spiraled out of control. And yet the command remains the same. Continue to live your lives in him. Keep walking with Jesus, even in the midst of these tough circumstances. One day at a time, one foot in front of the other. Uh, as the writer Eugene Peterson uh, puts it as he talks about what discipleship following Jesus is, he calls it a long obedience in the same direction. Keep on going. Keep on living for Jesus. Keep on shaping your life following in his footsteps. That's really the key challenge for us as individuals and for us as a church as well, isn't it? That as each new day and each new year comes along, how will we continue what we've started? Continue on that journey following Jesus and keeping Jesus as the number one focus and the number one priority in our lives. So how do we do that? Well, verse seven, the second verse that we have here, really gives us three ways that we can make sure that we're doing it. Firstly, it says we are to be rooted and built up in him. Uh, that's the image we've seen already of, of the foundation growing up into the building. Or if you prefer something more organic, the roots of the tree growing up into the powerful and strong trunk and branches. The challenge here is to build on the foundation of the good news of Jesus. So you don't lay a foundation stone and then put the building 500 metres down the road. No, you lay the foundation and then the building is built upon that foundation. You don't leave the foundation behind. And it's exactly the same with the good news of Jesus. Everything that we do as Christians in our ongoing life following Jesus is built on the grace that we find in Jesus. Uh, his death for our sins, his resurrection, which gives us life and hope. They're the, daily, they're the things that we need to come back daily. We need to renew our understanding of those things, uh, to thank God for the relationship that he brings us into through Jesus Christ and to live in that grace, live our lives built on that foundation. Uh, we never leave it behind. That's how we're established and started in the Christian life. And that's the thing that day by day we need to build on. Secondly, we're encouraged here to be strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Uh, so we've been taught truths about God in the Bible and so we need to be continually strengthened in our understanding of God and in, in the faith that we have. That's why the Bible lies at the heart of what we're on about as a church. Because in the Bible, we, we learn about Jesus. We see his life that we try and imitate as his followers. We hear his teaching so that we can put it into practice. We need to keep reading 
listening to, uh, applying and living out what we read in the Bible. You can't continue to live your life for Jesus without doing that. It requires a constant strengthening of our faith and thinking about how that applies to the different circumstances that we go through in life and the different things that we face. And then thirdly, we're told to be overflowing with thankfulness. And that brings us to the focus of our service today as we celebrate Thanksgiving Sunday. It's interesting, isn't it? And and maybe even a little bit surprising that one of the ways that we're encouraged to continue on with Jesus is with thankfulness. But as we've seen over the last few weeks in this series, as we've heard from Dell and Andy focusing on different passages about thankfulness, that thankfulness is actually a key Christian discipline where we acknowledge God in all of the circumstances. Now, how does that keep us living with Jesus as the focus if we're living with thankfulness? How does that help us? Well, I think it prevents us from keeping Christianity as as a Sunday-only event. If we're continually observing what's happening in our lives and thanking God for those things, then we do that whether we're at school or at work, uh, as we walk down the street and in all of our interactions that we go through day by day and week by week. So it, it integrates the lordship of Jesus into the everyday. It also prevents us from being just fair weather followers of Jesus. Yes, when things are going well, it's good to celebrate and give thanks to God for the good things we're experiencing in our lives. But we also need to be thankful to God even in the tough times as well, in the times when we're just holding on by our fingertips. We can thank God in those times as well for the the light, the shards of light that, that pierce the darkness, where we see his faithfulness to us and the way he sustains us even in those hard times. So you can think about it like this. You know, if you get a, a, a new job, you might say, thanks God for this, this great new opportunity that you've given me. It's, it's new and it's exciting and I'm grateful that you've provided it for me. But if you've lost your job, you might also come to a point of saying, thank you, God, for the way that you've, you've looked after me amidst the grief that I've felt at, at losing this job that I loved. Uh, you've really taught me to rely on you rather than on a job title or the success of my career. It's, it's been hard, but... I know that you have been there with me and I know that I've been supported also by people around me as well. Uh, Often the most powerful testimonies when we come to these Thanksgiving services are actually in that second category rather than the first category. You know, don't get me wrong, it's good to be thankful. We need to be thankful in all of those circumstances. But sometimes there's there's a real depth, isn't there, where the circumstances are against us And yet we can still be thankful because we see God in the midst of tough circumstances. Our thankfulness isn't dependent on things just going well in our lives. God is good 
all the time. Lastly, I want you to just note the phrasing of this Bible passage. It tells us that we're to be overflowing with thankfulness. It's not restrained, but effusive. It's not something that's to be kept private, but it's public. Thankfulness overflows. It overflows into our conversations with other people. It overflows in our prayers that we pray together. It should overflow into our church services uh, like we're focusing on today. So what is it that you're thankful for? Can you bring that thing to your mind? Can you express it to God in a prayer? Can you overflow with it and share it with people around you, the people that you're watching with or other people in your household? Or put it in the chat so that the other people watching along uh, with us right now can hear what you're thankful for and, and be encouraged with that. It's really a way of continuing in the life of discipleship, the life following after Jesus, walking with him and being strengthened in him and encouraging others who are on that same journey following after Jesus. We're going to overflow with thankfulness now as we watch a video which has been recorded with people from our church sharing what they're thankful for. And again, I'd love you to put into the chat right now or over the rest of the service what it is that you're thankful to God for. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.